I've seen other investors approach their distributions differently. For example, I've seen some people who've just halted distributions across the board altogether. Other ones are taking it on a case-by-case basis, which is what Ashcroft is doing. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best of your listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these episodes, sometimes they're a part of a larger series. We offer a free document. These can be PowerPoint presentation templates. These can be Excel calculator templates, PDF how-to guides, some sort of resource to help you on your apartment syndication journey. All of these free documents, as well as the past and future Syndication School episodes, can be found at syndicationschool.com. And in this episode, we will be talking about how to communicate with passive investors during this coronavirus pandemic. Really, these lessons can be applied to any time of uncertainty. So this could be if there's an economic recession, if there has been some sort of disaster at your property. And this is going to be a continuation of the episode 2033, which was a syndication school episode entitled The SOS Approach to Managing Your Investment During the Coronavirus. But we're going to get into more specifics on what to actually say. So the SOS Approach was the high-level way to approach your investment and your investors during a crisis like coronavirus. So step one was safety, so ensuring the safety of the people as well as the money. O is ongoing communication, so making sure that you're keeping your investors up to date on what's happening. And then S is to summarize. So right now we are in the O portion, the ongoing communication, and I'm recording this on the 15th, and Ashcroft sent out their email updates last night to investors. This is the first email update that was sent to investors after the coronavirus began. 
and I wanted to kind of go over what was included in there and walk you guys through Ashcroft's thought process for these communications so that you can apply this to your communications to your investors moving forward. Now, I've seen a lot of different emails that apartments and decayers have sent to their investor. They all contain different pieces of information. So this is not the end all be all. This is just what Ashcroft is doing. So you can do more, you can do less. That's entirely up to you. But I just want to give you an idea if you don't know what to do right now. So for the Ashcroft emails, there's actually two separate versions. So the overall template is the same, but the information included is a little bit different depending on the status of the deal. So the Emails are broken into four categories. Category number one is distributions, so updates on distributions. Category number two is operations, so updates on the operations of the property. Three is the residence. And then four is the financials. Now, we'll be focusing on the first three just because the reason why financials were included is because every quarter, Ashcroft sends the financials to their investors so this might apply to you for this month if you do quarterly financials as well, but the most important three categories are going to be the distributions, the operations, and the residents. So for the distributions, one of the main areas of focus across the board for apartment investors who are the GPs, the LPs, people who own rentals in general has been rent collections. If you want to learn more about ways to collect rent during the coronavirus, there's another syndication school episode you can listen to, 2046, 11 Tips for Collecting Rent During the Coronavirus Pandemic. Now, I've seen other investors approach their distributions differently. For example, I've seen some people who've just halted distributions across the board altogether. Other ones are taking it on a case-by-case basis, which is what Ashcroft is doing. So the arrangements that Ashcroft made with the residents who are facing a coronavirus-related hardship is to allow them to pay their rent by the 25th. So since the rent collections for every single resident technically isn't due until the 25th, I guess not every single resident, but the ones that face hardships, it's hard to tell what the actual cash flow is going to be for that month. And if that's something that happens next month too, the same problem will happen. So typically, you know how much money you're going to collect for the month by the first, the third, or the fifth of the month, depending on what state you live in. In a situation like this, where residents are on a repayment plan or allowed to delay their payments, you aren't going to know early on in the month how much cash flow you're going to have. Therefore, you're not going to know how much money you can distribute to your investors. So you really need to understand how the coronavirus has affected and impacted your residents before you can make the decision to send out your distributions. Now, on the other hand, you might also have deals that based off the month of date collections, you know that you're going to be able to send the full distribution for the month. So if you're able to do that, great, but make sure you let investors know that you're going to continue to monitor the situation and monitor collections and monitor the business plan in future months, just to make sure that you'll be able to continue to send out distributions. But you also want to mention that you are pretty excited and happy about the fact that you're able to send out a distribution this month despite countless other industries being disrupted by the COVID-19, people getting laid off, businesses closing down, things like that. 
Now, one thing that is important to remember is that this is just talking about investors making money, but one of their main concerns is most likely going to be making sure that you're not losing their money. So the difference between making money and then conserving the money. Making money is great, but more important is to conserve your money. So people would much rather not lose money than actually make money. So you want to make sure that you're telling your investors that you are obviously focused on conserving their money first. So at the beginning of all of the Ashcroft updates this month, there's a paragraph that says, at Ashcroft, we are solely focused on the preservation of your investment and will always operate with the long-term health of that investment in mind. And Ashcroft also added a link to an FAQ post, which we're going to talk about in tomorrow's syndication global episode that answers commonly asked questions by passive investors or questions that passive investors are most likely thinking about at this time. Now, on that note, we've already talked about the distributions and whether or not they'll be able to be sent out that month. If it's a yes, obviously let your investors know, but let them know that you're going to be monitoring the situation again next month and we'll let them know if you can distribute next month. If you are uncertain, let them know that you're uncertain and let them know that you will follow up with them on this date to let them know for sure whether or not they'll be receiving a distribution this month. Now that covers the making money part, but the losing money part, what Ashcroft did is included the break-even occupancies for each of the properties. So the break-even occupancy is based off of the NOI and the debt service. So basically it's the occupancy rate such that the NOI is equal to the debt service, which means that the operating income is able to cover the mortgage payments. Now, there's other break-even occupancies, like what's the occupancy rate that results in the NOI that allows you to send distributions to your investors. That's obviously the break-even occupancy that's focused on making money. This is focused on not losing their money. So as long as they can make their debt payments, then they're not going to lose the property and they're not going to lose the investment. So Ashkoff included the break-even occupancy for each of these so the investor could see how low the break-even occupancy rate was compared to the current occupancy to realize, okay, well, even if I'm not able to get my distribution this month, I know that I'm not going to lose money because the occupancy rate is still way above the uh, break-even occupancy. So that covers the distributions aspect of it. Again, this is what Ashcroft is doing, but other people might be doing something differently. The next category is the operations. So in here, Ashcroft included the information that they typically include in their emails but also additional information on things that have changed or things that they have added since the coronavirus pandemic broke out. So first, which is always normal for email updates, is the occupancy rate and the pre-lease occupancy. So a current occupancy rate was included, and then pre-lease occupancy, as a reminder, is the occupancy rate through the end of the month. So that's based off of people who are moving in and people who are moving out. And then if the occupancy rate is higher currently than it was the month before. You always want to mention that, especially during a time like this. That's great news if you're able to increase the occupancy rate during the first full month of the pandemic. Now, something to keep in mind here is the difference between economic occupancy and physical occupancy. So the physical occupancy rate is the rate of occupied units, whereas the economic occupancy takes collections into account. So you can have a property that has a physical occupancy of 95%, but the collections are very low and the economic occupancy is in the 80% range. So it's important that you as the investor understand 
which figure you're reporting to your investors so that if they ask you a question about it, you can answer it and say, hey, this is physical occupancy and economic occupancy is actually lower, or hey, this is economic occupancy and physical occupancy is actually higher. So that's just an important distinction to keep in mind. Next, Ashcraft talked about marketing. So the one part of operations is a marketing budget. So they transitioned from in-person tours because obviously there's a lot of social distancing being promoted and stay-at-home orders given. So rather than halting tours altogether, Ashcroft is doing virtual tours and YouTube video tours. So for some of the properties, it's a YouTube video walkthrough. And then for other ones, it's a 3D virtual VR type tour of the property that allows the tenant to actually walk through at their own pace in the actual unit. And so Ashcroft included links to those tours in the email so that the investors can take a look at what the potential residents are looking at. Just to show that, hey, units are still being shown, residents are still looking at the property, we're still able to get leases during this time. You can usually find them on Zillow for certain houses where there's like 3D tour available. That's the type of thing that you do. So you basically bring in a 3D scanner, you scan the entire unit, and then they're able to have a high-definition 3D tour where they can turn around in rooms and walk from room to room. So pretty cool stuff. Next operational update is about renovations. So if there were CapEx projects outstanding, Ashcroft is actually continuing to do those. And it's actually a great time to move forward with those types of projects because there will be minimal disruption to residents. So if you are working at a fitness center or the clubhouse, now's a great time to get that update done because no one's allowed to go to the fitness center or the clubhouse. And in most states, construction is considered an essential business, so you shouldn't have any issue with that as long as obviously you're following all the safety protocols. Same with unit interiors. Ashcroft is continuing to do their unit interior upgrades on properties that still have outstanding units to be updated. A similar reason, minimal disruption to residents. So right now, construction shouldn't be stopped or affected by the coronavirus unless you're in a state where I'm not sure if there are any states where construction is considered a non-essential business, but if that's the case, and you might have issues getting contractors out to your property to do construction. Something else you also want to consider, so I believe the syndication school episode, so I'm recording this on the 15th, so it's probably coming out on the 16th or the 17th, about the various small business loans that are available to investors. If you're pursuing any of those or you've already been approved for one of those, Make sure you let your investors know that, hey, we've applied for the PPP program or the EIBL program, and we expect to get a loan of this much. Or, hey, we applied for these programs. We already have gotten approved for a loan for this much money, so we'll have extra capital coming in. Or, because of this PPP program, we're going to have a reduction in payroll expense. So make sure you mention that to investors as well. Evictions and lending criteria changes. So it's important to at least acknowledge the fact that you understand the eviction rules in your state currently. If you're able to delay mortgage payments or get loan forbearance from Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, or if you've had conversations with your lenders, you don't want to focus on this too much. You don't want to panic your investors, but it's also important to acknowledge that, hey, we're monitoring and complying with the state guidance on evictions, and we're also complying with new standards from the lender. So one simple sentence is to let your investors know that, hey, we're on top of this and we're not completely ignoring the eviction and new standards from our lenders. So that's the operations category. The last one is residents. 
So again, I've seen some investors include this, other ones haven't. It just really just depends, but Ashcraft's typical email includes all the different resident appreciation events that have been hosted or are going to be hosted in the current month. So these are different in-person events where residents get together for a party or some sort of event that's hosted by the management team at the property. And the idea is to create a tight-knit community between the residents and the staff so that people are more likely to stay and refer people and things like that. So Ashcraft included an entire section of the email focused on what they're doing for and to the residents. So examples are things like constantly providing local and national resources for residents who are impacted the most. So ones who've lost their jobs or actually have the coronavirus, working with local housing organizations, churches, and food banks, again, to help out people who've lost their jobs. And then transitioning from in-person events and parties in the common areas or fitness classes in the fitness center, focusing more on things that promote social distancing. So examples are hosting virtual workout classes, doing virtual bingo, virtual happy hour, other virtual events, doing more of drive-by type events. So they had one event where first responders drove through the property, I believe, and then the residents had signs outside their balcony saying how much they appreciated them. Other examples are delivering birthday cards to residents who have birthdays in the month, providing sidewalk chalk to residents so their children can write nice notes on the sidewalk. Since it was April and Easter just happened, they did a egg hunt where residents were asked to paint eggs and put them in their windowsill and then People would walk around and count the number of eggs in the homes, and whoever had the highest count of eggs would win a gift card. They did an Easter Bunny search where they hit an Easter Bunny on the property. So they just are still allowing people to get active, still meet people, but also following the social distancing recommendations as well. So overall, I would imagine that this being the first email, all future emails will likely follow a similar structure. So it'll be updated on the distributions. Hey, we're going to be able to distribute this month. Or hey, we need a little bit more time to determine how impacted our residents were by the coronavirus to determine if we can give distributions this month in full. Operational updates, so occupancy updates, leasing and marketing updates, renovation, construction updates, and then really anything else that is helping you support your bottom line, the cash flow of the property. And then... Three would be the resident update, so things that are being done for the actual customers at the property, which are the residents. Because if you have no residents and the residents aren't happy, then they're not going to pay rent and investors aren't going to get paid. So that is, for now, as of April 15th, Ashcroft's Capital's process for communicating with investors during the coronavirus. They will be sending out another email update next month or by the end of the month for properties that collections are still being collected, I guess. And then... If anything changes or there's anything else that I come across in regard to communicating with investors during the coronavirus, I'll definitely make a, another syndication school episode to let you guys know. So until then, make sure you check out some of the other syndication school series we have about the how-tos of apartment syndication, the ones that are focused on the coronavirus. We've got a nice coronavirus landing page. It's joefairless.com slash coronavirus. We have all of our blog posts about the coronavirus, so you want to check that out. And then the Syndication School episodes, as always, are at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, 
and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template.